Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Wednesday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. Excellent, you look good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, as everyone can see. <laughs> That's right, I'm looking extra beautiful today. In your robe. Hey, shh! Don't give away my secrets. So, we have some news. Would you like to start or shall I? Uh, okay, I will start. Go ahead. So apparently Disney has sold off 26 acres of land next to Disney's Vero Beach uh, Resort, which is one of their vacation club properties, according to T.C. Palm. Who's T.C. Palm? According to DVCnews.com. Oh, according to DVCnews.com, uh, reports are that the land had been previously earmarked for a resort expansion that was ultimately canceled due to low share, uh, sales at the resort. Uh if you're familiar with the property, the land is west of the parking lot on the western end of State Road A1A and does not include the existing resort support facilities, recreation, or parking facilities on that end of the road. However, the pond adjacent to the facilities is included in the sale. Uh, apparently, the land has been purchased by a, a group called GHO Homes, who will build single-family and attached villas on the property. Uh, the d development is still being designed with sales to begin likely in 2021. Uh, they did not reveal the purchase price of the property. However, uh, 32.6 acres of the resort was appraised at $4.6 million earlier this year, according to Indian River County records. Uh, the sale is not affected, is not ex expected to affect existing operations at the Vero Beach Resort property. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Obviously, when they built Vero Beach, they hoped it would do better than it actually did. Right. Um, I, not very many people go down there. There's not a lot around it. You're trouble today. I am. He's making clicking noises. He's opening sodas. What do you think this is? It's a Mickey Mouse news show. It's supposed to be put together semi-professionally. All right. Yeah, and you know, this whole uh, thing with the vacation club. So many of you are familiar with the fact that Disney has vacation clubs on the Walt Disney World Resort properties, but they also have two vacation club properties that are not on the resort grounds, and that is Vero Beach and Hilton Head. Uh, if you go across the country, Aulani, of course, is a vacation club. And Disney, in the past, has purchased land in, I believe, San Diego and uh, Washington, D.C.'s National Seashore, uh, you know, with the intention of putting vacation club properties there. And there was even talk at one time of having vacation club properties in Times Square where they were essentially going to have a, a little block that was all Disney vacation club store, movie theater, uh, and Disney Quest and, and whatnot. Um, and as the timeshare market just kind of crashed, all of these plans just went away. Yeah, I mean, the, the DVC at the parks does wonderfully, but when you take away the park... What's the draw? Yeah, there's really not much draw. Although the, um, the one... In, not the Florida one. Hilton Head? Thank you. The Hilton Head one is very nice. The only thing that's not so great it's about it. It's just not on the water. Yeah, it's not on the water, which seems like an odd It's choice. a bus ride. Yeah, which is a little bit, but it's really nice. It is. I think that one does fairly well. Uh, but anyway. All right, so back to the news everyone loves, Disney Plus news. Oh, is, is what's Disney Plus all about? We have two Disney Plus stories. Uh, it's Disney's streaming service that is launching on November 12th. Um, the price for that is going to be $6.99 a month, but Verizon just announced that new and existing wireless unlimited customers, as well as new Fios and 5G home internet customers, are going to be offered one free year of Disney+. Plus. Wow. 
Yeah, so that's nice for them unless you're a big fan and you already purchased it. Right. You know, on one of these like three-year plans or something and now you find out you get a year for free. But um, anyway, they're doing that. And then why don't you re- you why don't you talk about the second story because do you, have you read it? I have. Okay. Because uh, you probably, it's a little more technological. Maybe you have a better idea of what they're talking sure. about. So speaking of Disney Plus, uh, as we mentioned uh, maybe last month, uh, Disney Plus has been testing in the Netherlands uh, in a beta test. And uh, apparently after what's been going on there, it has been discovered that Disney Plus may not work on a number of devices. Um, we all knew that there was a, an issue with um, Amazon. What, what do they make? The um, the Fire Stick and Fire Stick, is that theirs? And their tablets and stuff. There was some issue with some... The Fire, the Fire is the Yeah, tablet. some products not necessarily working uh, that are Amazon related. Um, but now uh, Disney is using DRM like other streaming services do, but they're using a very strict version. Uh, the service they are using is provided by Google, and it's called Widevine, and it offers three levels of security. Disney is using Disney Plus is using level one, which is the strictest level, and apparently that level is not supported by Chromebooks or older Android devices. Um, streaming services like Netflix use three DRM, which doesn't support HD streaming on mobile devices and some Android devices. Disney Plus using Type 1 allows them to stream in HD but limits the number of supported devices. So it's kind of a catch-22. You can give it to everybody mm-hmm. or you can... Uh, give it to everyone at a very high quality. Give it to r- less right. people at a very high right. quality. So uh, we don't know at this time if Level 1 is just for the testing period, uh, you know, related to keeping stuff really scaled into the Netherlands, um, or what's going to be supported next month at launch. So it'll be very interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you you can't watch it on Chromebooks, it's going to be a major issue because it's, um, a lot of it's geared toward children, obviously, or, you know, um, teenagers, young teenagers, and that's what those kids all have. They all have Chromebooks, you know, and some of it's, they're just kind of crappy Chromebooks that, you know, they're a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, and that's, that's fine for if you have a, you know, a a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old that's usually fine for them, and that's what they all watch all their videos and everything on. So, well, you know, what's going to be really funny. What is if so? Our girls have Chromebooks, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. What if the only way they can watch Disney Plus is if they, God forbid, have to actually just watch it on a television? Oh my goodness! On our smart TV. You know what? I don't think they'd be watching a lot of Disney Plus, honestly. Kids would rather watch something different than have to go sit on the couch in the living room. Right. Like, who knew that our fourteen-year-old daughter, unbeknownst to us had watched, like, all nine seasons of The Office on Netflix. (laughs) So, you know, you think they're up in their room making slime, but they're making slime and watching The Office. Yep. Uh, Let's see. This is big news for Disney. Um, They have a very strict appearance code. Um, It's called the Disney Look. Let's see. It has to do with their... there's, There's a whole bunch of levels to it uh, a lot of things are integrated into it um hair and nails and uh jewelry so it, nothing nothing cutting edge very classic looks uh but starting on october 28th cast members are now going to be able to wear a single bracelet and a single necklace where previously necklaces and bracelets were not permitted um and they used to only have the option to wear rings, earrings, and a classic business-style wristwatch. So that's uh, the jewelry edition there. And then for the men, 
they can have more facial hair than they were previously allowed. So they used to, the previous rule stated that facial hair was limited to a quarter inch and the beard growth had to be done while the employee was on vacation. Now facial hair can be up to an inch with visible stubble allowed during the grow out process. Okay, so if some of you know me from my other podcasts, you know that every now and then uh, old man Tony comes out and gets on his soapbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this is kind of crazy. You, you know, these, these hipster beards and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not... This is not a hipster beard. I don't it's know. an inch. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of it. You're, you're not a big fan I was fan not a big anything. fan of it when they started letting employees grow mustaches. Um you know, I think we're just one step away from, like, carnies with neck tattoos running rides. <laughs> no. And the crazy handlebar mustaches. That's no. that's what I sense this as. I mean, there's still no tattoo. Visible tattoos are still not going to be allowed. Um, it's still not trendy hairstyles. All you've changed is basically, the you know, the length of a beard that you can have. You can't have one of those trendy mustaches or anything because they're still, they're too long. Um, so anyway, I think it's nice that things have... Um, relaxed very slightly so i don't know you know all i all i think of those there's one line in here for their uh disney look and it says uh, regardless of the position you hold with us when you take pride in your appearance you become a role model for those around you and you convey the attitude of excellence that has become synonymous with the disney name and i just I, I, a lot of these styles to me look sloppy okay a single bracelet and a single necklace to me, it's more like the facial hair, and it's the crazy facial hair. Which but that's I, not I, I that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about crazy facial hair. I don't know. I don't like change. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm the good doctor. I don't like change. <laughs> it's true. You don't. I don't. That's why uh, I've stuck with you. <laughs> Over at Epcot, um, with all the construction walls that are up, it's becoming increasingly hard for guests to find their way through the parks. Um, to help with that, new directional signs have been installed onto the construction walls surrounding the former area that comprised Fountain View, Starbucks, Club Cool, and the Fountain of Nations. Um, they still have some of the signs with quotes from Walt Disney hung up on construction wall sections. Over near the center of the wall, there are two signs leading guests to either Future World West or Future World East. Um, and then over by Future World, you can still find the seas, land, and imagination pavilions plus the new Epcot character spot, FastPass Plus kiosks and restrooms. So they're telling you that that's what's over there. That's what the sign says. Um, And then over by Future World West, they're telling you you can find um, Mission Space, Test Track, Mouse Gear, uh, the Electric Umbrella, and the Family Play Zone Playground. That's actually Future World East. You just gave us... You said West twice. Oh, well, that's because... Somebody uh, whose news story I stole typed it wrong. Okay. All right. So East, Mouse Gear, Electric Umbrella, Family Play Zone, Fast Pass Plus kiosks and restrooms. Um, yeah. So it's just making things a little more clear because when you walk through that, when you walk up to that area, it's just kind of a wall. So it's, it's a little difficult to figure out where you're supposed to be going. Um, they've also, it's interesting to note that they've used the new Epcot font there. And... Um, even though the walls are extending out and around the Fountain of Nations by Mouse Gear, the walkway by Mouse Gear remains open so that guests can still easily reach the World Showcase. Right. I think it's the... Is it the whole walkway or just a portion of it? No idea. Because I know you have to walk all the way around. You you have to go like you're going into Mouse Gears to get okay. around the fountain. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a mess. So, so you probably those... can't take the Rose Walk from that way. I don't know. I don't know. I need, like... 
overheads with maps and arrows. All right. So what are those uh, construction walls there for? Uh, the new festival center that they're they're installing and the new neighborhood concepts. That's right. They they're there to be, they uh, precede the demolition work that will take place to make uh, way for all of that stuff. All right. Um, and then as the Magic Kingdom is preparing for the 50th anniversary, the entrance has been ripped apart and reimagined. Um, so all of the different ways that you're arriving at the Magic Kingdom, each one has its own special way to get in. So this has been uh, developing a little at a time, but here's a rundown of how you're going to enter from each of these transportations. All right, so on the monorail... Uh, you will exit either the resort monorail or the express monorail, and you are greeted by a green construction wall to the right and several paths of temporary railing, temporary railing to the center and the right. Following the path made by those walls and the railing leads you to the middle of the Magic Kingdom entrance right up to the Magic Band touch points. So that sounds like pretty much a straight shot. Yeah, not too bad. They've got it pretty easy. All right. Um, if you're taking the ferry boat from the Transportation and Ticket Center, that lets you off in the same spacious gathering area as before. Um, some green construction walls, however, will block the view of the Magic Kingdom gates. The temporary security checkpoint for bus transportation is also visible there. And again, temporary railings will guide guests under a covering around the construction walls and lead to a merge with the resort boats, um, which will lead to the middle of the Magic Kingdom entrance and Magic, Boi Magic Band touch points. Um, so that's a little less direct. Right. And then if you're on one of the board, no, the boards, if you're <laughs> the on resort board, boats, suddenly, suddenly the I'm, resort I'm, boards? I'm the Swedish chef. <laughs> um, if you're on one of the resort boats, uh, there's currently one dock for all of those boats. We know that the docks were being reworked. Um, the update will place the, oh, the, so the update will place the gold boats, which services the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian in its own dock to the left of the main green and red dock. Wow. Red services the Wilderness Lodge and green services the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Uh, the green and red dock will be more centrally located. At the moment, guests will step off the boat into a security checkpoint covered by a temporary tent. After the security check, guests continue straight ahead towards the Magic Kingdom entrance and Magic Band touch points. To the side of the current resort boat dock, construction on the new gold boat dock can be seen. All right. Well, that's about as clear as mud. <laughs> it's, I think, whether this is actually giving people a real vision of exactly how you would get through, I think it's giving people a good idea, you know, of what type of passage to expect when you get there. It's not, you know, this nice wide open area. There's a lot of construction walls. There's a lot of pathways. It, it, it used to be nice because as you were walking up, you would see the train station. You would see the flowers. Yeah. You would see the, the manicured lawns. Now you pretty much see fence. I got to tell you, I'm not in a hurry to get back to the parks it, until this stuff comes down. It's like walking into Hollywood Studios uh, when we were back there in, what, April? Yeah, or like you had mentioned a couple shows ago, it's, it's kind of like when they were doing Disney Springs. Right. And it was horrible. You, yeah. I said to you, I'm like, I'm not coming back here and until if, it's if, done. If you're taking the buses, it's really like rats in a maze here. Uh, as you arrive via bus, you are greeted by, by a temporary security checkpoint covered by a temporary tent. After passing through security, there are rolling temporary hedges, a construction wall, and temporary railings, which will guide guests to the right side of the Magic Kingdom entrances, which is a longer stroll to get to the Magic Touch Point, Magic Band Touch Points. So you're kind of like getting off the bus and doing like a big, like half loop, like 180 degrees to get back over to this thing. It just, uh, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> and I, I really hope they have this cleared up by like Christmas crowds. 
Yeah. So if you're super tired of walking because you had to take this long route from the bus to get into the park and you're hungry, you do not have to uh, walk over to your dining location before you order. Why is that? Because mobile order service has been expanded to more dining locations than ever before. Wow. Um, Let's see. It's available at more than 35 locations throughout the Disney World Resort theme park, Disney Springs, and select Disney Resort hotels. Um, It's a service that's available through the My Disney Experience app where you can order ahead from wherever you happen to be and then go and pick up the food and beverage at your convenience. Um, You can get Dole Whips in the Magic Kingdom. You can get Blue Milk at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, And then even some of those new plant-based dishes are available through the order ahead. Um, And also, this tends to be a question that's asked a lot. Um, but if you purchase a package with the Disney Dining Plan, you can redeem those meal and snack credits through the service, which is good to know. Nice. Um, some of the expansions include um, more of the resort hotel dining locations, including Captain Cook's at the Polynesian, um, Artist's Palette at Disney Saratoga Springs, Landscape of Flavors at Art of Animation, Riverside Food Court at Port Orleans, um, Gasparilla Island Grill at the Grand Floridian. Um, And so that now brings them to 14 Disney Resort hotels that have the mobile ordering. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, Oh, you can't do this story. This is my story. I know, but I'm going to have to come up with a story. Okay, we'll we'll interject real quick with some quick Disney news. Um, If you live in the Magic Kingdom area or you're staying around the Magic Kingdom area, just be aware that on Thursday, October 24th at 6.15 a.m., they will be testing fireworks for the new Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Fire... Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks Show. Um, so you might be awakened early if you're staying in one of the resorts in that section or if you're lucky enough to live down there. Or if you just want to go see what these new fireworks look like... I was going to say. Show up uh, at 6.15 a.m. on Thursday and uh, maybe you can get out to the contemporary viewing area and watch them. I was going to say, it sounds like there's no better way to wake up, right? Right. Wake up to fireworks. Oh, yeah. Um, In anticipation of Halloween at Disney Springs, they are releasing some food items from three of their food trucks. Just so everyone knows, it's pretty much all food and merchandise from here on out. It is mostly. So if you hate that, you can just, you know, turn us off. Turn off now, uh, Jason. Um, Let's see. So from October 25th to the 31st, Um, The Springs Street Taco Food Truck is going to have chicken adobo nachos, which feature blue corn tortilla chips with chicken adobo, toasted pumpkin seeds, dried cranberry, lime crema, and a zesty pumpkin cheese sauce. I can't tell you how gross that sounds. I don't know. I don't want cranberry and pumpkin seeds in my nachos. Well, it's a different kind of nacho. Um, And then there's the mac and cheese food truck. They have a... Uh, it's a specialty mac and cheese. Uh, get cheesy with your favorite side of mac and cheese tossed with robust pumpkin cheese sauce, toasted pumpkin seeds, dried cranberries, and this is odd, gummy cranberry worms. Um, it's a hard pass on that <laughs> one as well for me. Thank you. How about this one? Everyone likes this stuff. At the Cookie Dough and Everything Sweet Food Truck, they have a Halloween cookie dough waffle taco. It's filled with pumpkin spice and cold brew cookie dough topped with chocolate sauce, whipped cream, and a chocolate spider. I never thought I would say this before, but you can hold the cookie dough. I will eat the waffle with chocolate sauce and whipped cream. 
Yeah, that's kind of a weird I don't want pumpkin, pumpkin spice and cold brew cookie dough. No, thank you. Cold brew meaning like coffee? Pumpkin spice and coffee? Sounds like it. Huh. It looks yummy, but it kind of sounds gross. And all three of those trucks are located at the Disney Springs West Side, right across from Disney's Candy Cauldron. True. Um, and then in merchandise news, some new Christmas merchandise is out. It's very uh, retro. It's called, uh, the collections are Deck the Halls and Holiday Cheer. Um, so the first of these is an ornament for $27.99. It's called a Deck the Halls ornament. Um, it's Mickey, has Mickey ears on it. And it's sort of in that teardrop shape that ornaments from, I want to say maybe the 50s and 60s. 60s, But it's like a reverse teardrop where the, the tear is upside down. Right. I, I feel like, yeah. I mean, I think the ornaments, the retro ornaments previously can go either way. Um, but, and then they have that like concave area in them with a different color. Um, those are kind of cute. They're rather expensive, but they're cute. And they also have an ornament stand for nineteen ninety nine. So if you're buying more ornaments than really are going to fit on your tree, uh, that's a nice thing to be able to have. Um, they have some drinking glasses, short ones for $19.99 with a retro look. Um, it says like making something merry and bright. And then the other ones say, here's some holiday cheer. They have other similar holiday glasses that are the same price. They have um, ornaments. Some are Mickey shaped. Some have uh, little Mickey's on them. Uh, those are cute, I guess. Toothpick holders, because you know, if you're struggling to find something for merchandise to buy, I guess you could buy a $17.99 toothpick holder. Apparently toothpicks are making a comeback. Right? Um, these are actually the ones, to me, that look the most retro. There's the there's a Minnie Mouse one. It has, like, the Minnie Mouse. She sort of looks like she's maybe from the 50s. And they have one of those, like, tinsel trees um, next to Minnie Mouse. And then there's a, a Mickey Mouse uh, toothpick holder also that says Making It Merry and Bright. And Wait, who's yes, with Minnie? Retro. Uh, oh, Figaro. Figaro. They have some wine corks for $14.99 each. You know, I don't think these toothpick holders are going to be around for long. Because you think they're going to sell? Say, no, save the trees. We're going to have some group that, you know, toothpicks are wrong. They're worse than plastic oh. because you're actually cutting down trees to clean out your mouth. And okay. the anti-toothpickites are going to... Okay. Um, a Mickey ornament wreath, which looks like something ugly someone's grandmother made for forty four ninety nine. The plastic's not on it. I know. Um, a holiday tumbler, you know, because you gotta have a tumbler for everything. That's twenty two ninety nine. It's sparkly, like gold and multicolor, and then it has a pink uh, logo area on it. It says, "Here's some holiday cheer." Uh, dish towels for fourteen ninety nine. That encompass that same. Uh, retro look uh, says making it merry and bright and has a little Mickey and Minnie and then uh, tiny little uh, green what do you call those pom poms pom poms along the bottom tassels no they're not tassels they're pom poms so I don't know that's it in merchandise news Christmas stuff is coming excellent um, well from Christmas news that segues perfectly into the Marvel Cinematic Universe does it it does um. So the big news is that Matthew Vaughn, who is a director who directed um, a lot of films for Fox, uh, he did X-Men First Class, he's done Kick-Ass, he did Kingsman Secret Service, he did um, Stardust, which was based on a DC comic book miniseries, and he is showing lots of interest in the Fantastic Four. 
So that is, uh, that's kind of big news. If you don't know the Fantastic Four, they are kind of the first family of Marvel. All right. Uh, do you know who the Fantastic Four are? Um, Superman? Okay. No, he's not Marvel. Oh, go ahead. No, he's Fantastic not Marvel. Four, go ahead. No, that's not it. No, I don't know. Okay, do you, does that give you any clue? Uh, no. Okay. I don't know. These all people just have fours on them. How am I supposed well, to tell who they are? The oh, I can this guy. Who's the who's that the the rock guy? He's the rock guy. There we go. <laughs> so we'll give Cheryl a little lesson today and test uh, tonight and test her tomorrow. Uh, in other news, uh, are you not going to tell them who they are? No, people, people, regular people know. You're no, the, you're the one. No, who not all regular them. people know. Go ahead. What are their names? Who are they? Uh, it's Reed Richards, who's Mister Fantastic. Right. Sue Richards, also known as Sue Storm, who is uh, the Invisible Woman. Johnny Storm, her brother, is the Human Torch, and then Benjamin J. Grimm is the Lovable Thing. Oh, Thing! That's yes. the Rock Guy. The Rock Guy, as Cheryl calls him. Nobody knows those. Everybody knows. Nobody the knows Four. those. If you know the Fantastic Four, please let me know. You know the Fantastic Four. <laughs> all their names, I mean. Okay. Okay. Um, so in other news, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, film legend Martin Scorsese, has said that uh, Marvel films are not cinema. And this is drawing a lot of uh, reaction from everybody. Um, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> said that uh, that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films mm-hmm. are films. Everybody doesn't like his stuff either. Everybody's got an opinion, so I mean, it's okay. It ain't going to stop nobody from making movies. Uh, considering the fact that there were no F-words in there, I'm I'm impressed. Um, I think one of the greatest responses was James Gunn, who has directed Guardians of the Galaxy Volumes 1 and 2. And he stated that Martin Scorsese is one of his five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. Because Mr. Scorsese said that he would never, uh, he doesn't watch Marvel movies and they are not cinema. So um, that is kind of big news. And then the last piece of news is if you are a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you can get all 23 cinematic uh, movies uh, that comprised phases one, two, and three um, in an Infinity Saga box set. It is $550. There's a lithograph. It's a numbered set. Um, It's available. You'll get 4K, UHD, and Blu-ray. You'll get some booklets, letters, autographs, and and stuff like that. So uh, if you're interested, uh, put that on your wish list. It's it's going on mine, but I I probably won't get it. (laughs) Because you already own all the movies individually. I will will sell all of them. All right, get going. You might have a shot. All right. Um, and then our last piece of news, uh, not Disney news, but Orlando news. Legoland is offering free admission to veterans in November. Um, the kid-centric theme park is um, opening its resort to retired or non-active duty members of the U.S. Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard from November 1st to November 25th. Those interested must present a valid military ID or other proof of veteran status. Uh, other deals are available for veterans in November, including 50% off tickets for up to six guests and up to 25% off overnight stays at the resort's hotels. Excellent. Yeah. Good news. Yep. And to all of those who served, thank you. Um, so that's it. If that's you it. Uh, like us, check out our Facebook page, uh, Facebook group, uh, Disney Drive Time. Like us on iTunes. Give us a review. But until tomorrow, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.